are going to pass around um, the, bass, the bags. So if you have something, go ahead and drop it in. If not, continue to pass it along. And so you are finding us in week three of this series um, that we've been going through over um, the last few weeks that we started as we're looking ahead to the school year um, and as we're looking ahead to um, our small groups and our community groups and our Sunday morning gathering here um, where we have been identifying that we are in fact better together than we are on our own. And so last week, um, week one, we introduced this idea of community that we saw um, in the early church in Acts, and we said that is what we want to become. And so last week, this week, and next week, we're identifying some traits that are essential for quality community, for godly community. And last week was encouragement, that we need to encourage one another, that we need to share our hope with one another. Um, and so we're going to continue in that today. And so we're going to jump right in. Um, we're going into the Old Testament, into the, the book of Ezekiel. Okay, go ahead and find that. Um, if you brought a Bible today, I hope you have. Um, if not, the, the words are going to be on the screen for you to read along with us. Um, and so we're going to go uh, chap Ezekiel chapter 33, um, and we're going we're gonna to identify another characteristic of um, godly community that we need to display in our lives and that we need to seek out from our um, intimate relationships. And so we're going to jump in. We're going to read through this. It's Ezekiel chapter 33. We're going verses 1 through 16. So, so track along with me uh, as, we, as we read God's word. It says this, Ezekiel chapter 33. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring a sword upon, upon a land, and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman, and if he sees the sword coming upon the land and blows a trumpet and warns the people, then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own, his own head. He heard, the, he heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning, his blood shall uh, be upon himself. But if he had taken warning... He should have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet so that the people are not warned and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity and his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman for the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall turn from, from his way, that wicked person shall die in his iniquity, but his blood I will require at your hand. But if you warn the wicked to turn from their way, and he does not turn from his way, that person shall die in his iniquity, but you will have delivered your soul. Verse 10 goes on to say this. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus have you said, surely our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked would turn from his way and live. Turn back, turn back from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? And you, son of man, say to your people, the, righteous, the righteousness of the righteous shall not deliver him when he transgresses. And as for the wickedness of the wicked, he shall not fall by it when he turns from his wickedness. And the righteous shall not be able to live by righteousness when he sins. Though I say to the righteous that they shall surely live. Yet if he trusts in the righteousness and does, un does injustice, none of his righteous deeds shall be remembered. 
But in his injustice that he has done, he shall die. 14, 15, and 16 wrap up with this. Again, I say to the wicked, you shall surely die. Yet if he turns from his sin and does what is just and right, if the wicked restores the pledge, gives back what he has taken by robbery, and walks in the statutes of life, not doing injustice, he shall surely live. He shall not die. None of the sins that he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is just and right, and he shall surely live. A lot there to, to, to get into, a lot to unpack, but I believe God has something incredibly important for us this morning from this text. So let's pray. Father God, thank you for your word. Father, that it calls us out. It calls us to action. Um, and my, my prayer, Father, is the same, pray, same prayer that, that Mike prayed, that this would not just be head knowledge that we walk out of here with, but Father, that it is, it is, it is actionable body response, actionable heart response that we, that we express and that we give out, that we see what you're calling us to do and we do something about it. Father, that it's not just it's just not just scripture that we can quote and that we memorize and we we can pull out at the at the at the right time, but Father, that it's brought out in our lives every single moment and the actions that we do and then the ways that we live. And so, Father, as we begin um, to 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 look into your word today and as we continue to build community, as we begin to 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 truly become better together, it's my prayer, Father, that from this we see what we need to do and we would go and we would take care of it and we would do it through the, the power of your spirit. So God, thank you for your word. Thank you for calling us to it. It's my prayer, Father, that your spirit would move us to action. It's in your name we pray, amen. And so uh, we're just jumping right back in. Verses one through three. The, the, Lord of the, the, the word of the Lord came upon me. So this is Ezekiel speaking to the people, speaking to us this morning. Son of man, speak to your people and say to them, if I bring the sword upon a land and the people of the land take a man from among them and make him their watchman. And if he sees a sword coming upon the land and blows the trumpet and warns the people. And so what we need to understand here, like we are introduced here in earlier in Ezekiel, like the reader of Ezekiel is introduced to this idea of a watchman sooner, but this morning we're introduced to it here. And so what we need to understand, the purpose of the watchman is to protect and to, to give warning to those who are in the city or in the community. And so I want to tell you guys this morning, like those of us who are in Jesus, those who have, who have a relationship with Jesus, we are all watchmen. Like it is our biblical duty to play the role of a watchman, to give warning to our friends and to our families and to help them see what is coming. And so this watchman, the, the, the people would elect the watchman and he would go out and he would watch over um, the, the walls. He would look out over the walls. He would be in, the, in a tall tower and he would look out and he would wait to see. He would be looking to see if any kind of danger was coming towards the city. And what the watchman would do is he would, he would have this horn and if he saw something coming, he would blow it to alert the community, to alert the city, the village, the town of some potential impending danger. And so that's what, what, what we see here in these first three verses. We see in these three verses that the, the role of the watchman. Verse 4 goes on to say, Then if anyone who hears the sound of the trumpet does not take warning, and the sword comes and takes him away, his blood shall be upon his own head. He heard the sound of the trumpet and did not take warning. His blood shall be upon himself. But if he had taken warning, he would have saved his life. But if the watchman sees the sword coming and does not blow the trumpet, 
so that the people are not warned, and the sword comes and takes any one of them, that person is taken away in his iniquity, but his blood will but his blood I will require at the watchman's hand. And so what we see here is is the response of the of the of the town and of the village. And so what it is is this watchman as he looks out and he's he's looking for potential danger. He's watching the the, the horizon to see what's coming. If he sees something that is potentially dangerous, his response, what he must do, what he is, what he is, what he is instructed to do is to blow this horn and blow it in a, in a specific way that lets everyone in the, in, in the village, everyone in the town, everyone in the city know that danger is coming. And so Ezekiel uh, fr- from God goes on to explain that. And so what he says is, if, if, if I warn you of something, if I see danger coming in the lives of students or if I see potential threats that are happening in and around the typical lives of a high school student, and if I see these things coming, if you see those things coming and you do not warn people of it, and they find themselves getting caught up in that, it is, your, it is on your head. It is on my head to say, I should have warned them, but I chose not to. Like if we fail to warn our friends, if we fail to warn our family members, if we fail to warn the people around us, it says, I will require their blood on your head. You are responsible. I am responsible for this. Now, if we go and we issue the warning and we say, hey, you got to watch out. Like this, the lifestyle that you're living that guy that you're dating, that girl that you're dating, those people that you're hanging out with, like they're not the right people. Like you should not be living that way. You know what's expected of you. Like, come on, like let's go. Like if you do that and they hear the warning but they do not receive it, God says, hey, that, that is on them. And so as I look to this, as I look to this piece of scripture, like I see the role of the watchman and I believe that that is a role that God does not suggest us to assume, but that he biblically demands us to assume as believers. Like we are the watchmen. And so verse 7 explains this a little bit further. So you, son of man, I have made a watchman of the house of Israel. Whenever you hear a word from my mouth, you shall give them warning from me. If I say to the wicked, O wicked one, you shall sure o wicked one you shall surely die and you do not speak to warn the wicked to turn from his ways that wicked person shall die in his iniquity but his blood i will require at your hand but if you warn the wicked to turn from his ways and he does not turn away turn from his way that person shall die in his iniquity but you will have delivered your soul you will have done the responsibility that you need to accomplish like you have you have fulfilled your responsibility as a watchman as a a a, a friend as someone who says i am worried about your lifestyle i am worried about the people that you're interacting with i am worried about your friday night and saturday night activities i am worried about your addiction to pornography i am worried about that 
that person. I am worried about the way that you treat your parents. I am worried about the way that you are constantly dishonest. I am worried about the way that you create drama. I am worried about the ways that you do negativity and you cause a lot of problems. Like It is our biblical responsibility to warn our friends, to warn those that are close to us. Like we are watchmen. It is our responsibility. It is, not, it is not something that is suggested. It is something that is demanded. And really what it comes down to, one of the important things about being community is this idea of accountability. accountability. Like we must keep one another accountable. Like not a suggestion, students, not a, not a suggestion this morning, but like not, not, not a direction from Ryan, a direction and, a, and, and, and a, a prompting from God. Like that we must keep and hold one another accountable. Like think through that. Like we must keep one another accountable. And here's the thing, as I read this, it's not just saying keep other believers accountable. It says warn and keep everyone accountable. And so as we're in this, as we're in this room, I, I, the reality is, is, is I know what you're thinking, and I feel it too, Ryan. That's really, really hard to do. Like it is really hard, it's really hard to keep my friends accountable, but it's really, really hard to keep those who I don't even really know that well accountable. But what God is saying is like we are the watchmen like for, for, for Northeastern Ohio. We are some of the watchmen. And we have to warn people of impending danger, of the things that are coming in their direction that they probably don't see. And so we need to come together. We need to hear God's word so that we can hold one another accountable so that we can be accountable to one another, but so that we can leave this place and we can give accountability to others, that we can hold them accountable, we can tell them of the danger that is coming and warn them of, the, of, of what's happening, of what's really going on in and around our community. And so, like, we need to do that. But I, but I understand where you're at because as I'm reading some, 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 some content on this, Warning people of doing that which they should not do, like warning others of the consequences of judgment that come from sin, like warning others of the consequences of their sin is never a popular assignment. And we have to do it in the right way. We can't be the guy on the side of the road saying, holding the sign up that says, turn or burn. Like you're going to hell if you don't do this right. Like, we can't be those kind of people. We can't be those kind of watchmen. It's the watchman who walks up to somebody and blows the horn right in their face. Like, how does this work? Like, what does it look like for us to begin to live a life where we are holding our friends, believers, and non-believers alike accountable for their actions and accountable for what's coming? And how do we hold ourselves accountable to, in fact, hold them accountable? Like, accountability is a huge part of the community piece. Like, we must do that. Like, your small group leaders, for those of you who are, who are thinking about or who have signed up, who have registered for small groups, like, your small group leaders, one of their primary responsibilities is to, in fact, hold you accountable to pursuing Jesus when it's hard and when it's easy. And the reality is when it's easy, there's a hard time coming. Like, but even more, like, 
for you to hold one another accountable in your daily life. But we have to go about this in the right way. Like we can't just stand up and start calling people out. Hey, you're doing this and you're doing this and you're doing this. And hey, I saw, yep, yep, I saw that. And I'm not even talking to you, but watch out. You know, we have to go about this in the right way. And so I want to give you a, a picture of a, a small picture of what accountability looks like in my life. And so we have a video. Um, I, want you to, I want you to watch it. We're going to watch it a couple times. Um, take it all in, everything on the screen. All right, she flew in. We're going to play it again, but take everything in, in, in on the screen and find the accountability that I need to find in my life from this video. All right, we need to hold her accountable to wearing a helmet. Like, let's start there. But So does anyone see it? Does anyone see... So uh, let me give you some, some, some background. This, um, so for most of you know my buddy Marshall, who has who's preached here a couple times. Who's, he is, he's, he's, my, he's like my, my young brother. And so he has disabled Instagram on his phone because he realizes that there are, there are temptations on there that he doesn't want to have in and around his life. And so he has removed that. And so what I do is I find all the funny videos on Instagram, and I screen record them, and I send them to him. And I, so I send that video to him. And so let's throw that back up there, pause it. So I send this to him, and I'm like, dude, this is wild. Like, look at this. Like, hey, use your brakes. We're talking. And he looks at it, and, and here's the thing that I never noticed until this moment. So um, on Instagram, it will show you who you are following that also liked the video. And so what did, who, who, who am I following that liked the video? Who, who saw it? What's it? What is it? The booty. Okay. Okay? I know what you're thinking right now. Ryan, what are you following on Instagram? Marshall sees this and he goes, hey, bro, got to call you out. Who's the booty? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's what accountability looks like. You know what I mean? Like that's what it looks like. At that moment, he is looking after me. Okay? So real quick, you know, backstory on the booty. It is not an inappropriate. I have a friend um, from high school. His name is Justin Butt. Okay? And so his... His Instagram uh, name is The Booty, okay? So it's not appropriate. You can confirm it. Um, he's, he was in the military. So, But Marshall sees that. Marshall sees that. He sees potential danger in my life, and he calls me out to it. He goes, dude, what's up with that? And so luckily... I was able to say, hey, man, I, just went, I, took, I, went, to, I went to Justin's page, and I said, said the booty up front. I go, hey, this is a real person. Like, this is not a, an inappropriate, um, you know, Instagram page that I'm following. Like, you know, it's – and he goes, okay. And I go, hey, you know what? I, and that's what it is. In that moment, I was not looking for accountability. But he was willing to see the danger that could potentially be in my life. He looked out on the horizon, and he saw what he saw, and he blew the trumpet. He blew the horn and said, hey, man, what's this all about? And I was able to say, you know what? Like, I know, even, here's the thing, okay? I'm not, I'm not looking at it, but even if it isn't appropriate, I'm now accountable to be like, you know what, dude, you got me. 
Like, thank you for loving me enough. Like, thank you for caring about me enough. Thank you for, for valuing my marriage enough that you would call me out to this. Thank you for, for loving our relationship enough between you and me that you would call me out to this. Thank you. Even though, like, it showed me that Marshall cares for me in a greater way than I ever could have imagined because he's willing to do what is not easy because he saw potential danger in my life and he called me out to it. And because we have the relationship that we do, he knew how to call me out. He knew, like, like let's be honest, like he knew that I'm a guy and he's a guy and all guys struggle with lust. A lot of ladies struggle with lust. And so he was helping me stay accountable. And this is just, you know, this is just a small example of a lot of the areas in my life and those people around me who keep me accountable. I meet with Dane Alfin at least, at least twice a month. And when we get together, one of the questions he consistently comes back to is, what have you been reading in the scriptures lately? And I know that that question is coming. I know that that question is coming because he looks at the landscape of my life and the things that are going on and just how busy I have become with all of the things that I have going on between family and ministry and coaching football and like three kids and a wife and just all of the things that are happening. But he goes, you know what? I realize I look out and I see potential danger. There's a lot of busyness. And a lot of times that busyness can blot out your relationship with God. And so Ryan, talk to me right now. Hey, where are you at? And there's been some times where I'm like, you know what, Dane? Like I've, I haven't gotten into to God's word as much as I should. But then there's other times where I'm like, Dane, dude, you got to understand. Like, hey, I think I figured something out in my life based off of what God is teaching. And that generates conversation. But the thing that I love is he's never, he's never found me in a position because I think I'm stepping up to the accountability. I would hope that Dane loves me enough to say if, if, if we meet for, for a month and a half and we have, you know, three, four meetings, and we start to get to the point where I'm going, man, I'm just not reading. I hope and I trust that he would tear into me. Like, hey, Ryan, you know you cannot be doing this. Like, you know that you have to point your eyes in the direction of Jesus, and you have to chase after him every day, and one of the best ways to do that is getting into his word. I mean, like, the biblical call to accountability is real. We see it here. Like, like, if we don't warn one another, if we don't keep one another accountable, God says, I'm going to put that back on you for not warning people of what dangers exist and what dangers are running towards their life. And so how do we keep one another accountable? What does accountability look like? I think the first thing that you have to understand is in order to hold another accountable, you have to first hold yourself accountable. Like, you have, to, you have to live it out in your life. You have to live it out in your life. Like, you have to be, like, really pursuing Jesus. I would not be able to take, like, I would not be able to take um, accountability from Dane if I know he's not getting into God's word. Like, if Marshall is just, his life is just riddled with inappropriate things, him calling me out isn't going to be there. It's going to be like, because here's what you go. You go, dude, have you been doing that? And they go, yeah, and you go, yeah, me too. And then you just forget it. No accountability really exists. And so to keep one another accountable, to be a watchman, you have to be living it out in your life. You have to be looking out 
in your life and making sure you're holding yourself accountable before you can hold others accountable. I think one of the things I need to caution you with is that a lot of the times we call people out for things that we ourselves cannot manage in our own lives. Like that's the things that we see first. Because naturally, if we find ourselves isolated, we find ourselves tempted, we look for those who are struggling as well. Gen- very, 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 very often, we look for those who are in the same camp as us. And so we say, hey, well, I'm going get, to get around this group of people, and we're all going to be struggling together, and we're not really going to be making any progress, but that's the place in which I can call people out. No, no, no. What we need to do is we need to find people who have, who have uh, given us warning, who are living their lives in a real way, that they are being, in fact, authentic as they're pursuing Jesus, that they're, that they're seeing the temptations that exist, they're heeding the warnings, that they're keeping themselves accountable, and those are the people we need to seek accountability from. And then once we begin to, to, to discipline ourselves through the, the, through the power of the Holy Spirit, that's when we need to start calling others out. But don't be so quick to hold someone else accountable for that which you cannot be accountable for in your own life. So be careful there. I think this is the big part. This is the message title today. Truth in love. Truth in love is that's what we have to do as we are seeking to keep others accountable. As we are being the watchman that God has placed us to be, we must give truth. We must give truth, but it always must come from a place of love. I think there's a lot of people in here who just want to play the deputy role, the watchman role, and not really just, they just want to call people out. Gotcha. Hey, don't do that. Hey, knock it off. Friday night, saw what you did. Knock it off. Hey, 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 you two, spread apart. You know what I mean? Like, we want to play this watchman role, like, as a detective to just unearth problems, but never really help. Like, we just want to be, like, the tattletale. You know, Finley, I love her, but she is in, she's playing the big sister role, and she is always, like, real, like not just talking to Colton when he's doing something wrong, but she's yelling it so that mom and dad hear, too, so that mom and dad can come and be like, thank you, Finley, for taking care of your little brother. Um, we're going to handle this now with a spanking or whatever it might be. Like, she, you know, it's like, it's not like, hey, Colton, um, I've been watching how you're living, um, and you're, you're eating my crackers, and that's not cool. Like, no, she's like... <laughs> Stop eating my crackers. Colton's eating my crackers. Like, and so like she's trying to draw attention to that. Like the reality is as we're holding one another accountable, it has to come from a place of love. Like, hey man, I love you and you can't be living this way. Let's talk about that. You know, it was my sister. My sister's 18 months older than me and she was known for this too. And so she would always go to my mother and I was very much like Colton as a child. Like just just uh, like an angel of a child, never gave any problems. Um, I was incredibly uh, mischievous or mischievous, however you say it. Depends if we're in England here. But I, was, I, I love to push the limits. And Colden has taken that and multiplied it. Like this boy loves to push limits. But my sister would constantly go to my mom and be like, hey, mom, um, I was just observing Ryan, and you will never believe what he's doing with the hope of getting me in trouble. And there was this one time where she, my mom goes, you know what, Ashley, I don't want to hear it. I don't care what he's doing. I need you to take care of yours. And she turns around, she says, fine. If you don't want to know that he's in the washer spinning himself around, that's fine. 
And so these, like, we have to keep each other accountable because of a love that we have for that person. You know what I mean? Like, if there are, if there are things in my life that I need held accountable to, there's a certain level of relationship for those different kinds of things that we must have. And let, let me be honest, too. Like, the, the, the higher your, your status is, like, the more well-known you are, like, there is a higher level of accountability from you, from everyone. Like, the more people know you, the shorter that... Uh, the, the, the shorter that list of people who can't call you out are, I said that weird, the, the, the list of people who cannot call you out gets smaller and smaller and smaller as your status grows, as your popularity, as people know you, as it grows. And so you must have the kind of relationship. We've said it in, in here before, but we have to, in our relationships with one another, as we're building this community, as we're looking for accountability, we have to build a bridge that can bear the weight of truth. And the way that that bridge is built is through love. Hey, man, I love you. I care about you. Let's work through this together. It's not just, hey, you're, you're a screw-up, and you're doing the wrong thing, and you're living in the wrong way. Good luck figuring that out. Like, we must build a bridge that can bear the weight of truth, and we must share truth in love. And here's the thing. Sometimes love hurts. Sometimes it's hard to say something, and sometimes it's hard to hear something. But when you step back, you go, they said that because they really love me. This summer, I had the opportunity to have a conversation with a student. Um, I heard that they were in a relationship that wasn't the best. I walk up to the student, and I go, hey, you know I love you, right? Said, yeah, Ryan, I do. I said, hey, talk to me. Talk to me about this person that you're dating. And as we talked through it, like, there were some red flags that popped up. And I said, hey, I love you. You know that, right? He said, yeah. And I said, I don't, I don't know that I like this. Like, hey, I see danger on the horizon, and I'm going to let you know about it. And it came, like, it was, it was one of those things, it was hard to say. Because for me, I go, I don't want this student to dislike me. Like, I don't want to lose this student because I'm saying something that they don't want to hear. But, like, as I read this here, I have to say this. Like, I must say this to you because I am afraid of what may potentially happen. Like, I see danger and I must say something to you. I don't want to. I have to. But I love you too much to not say it. Like, that's what a community is, is a group of people who say, I love you so much that I have to say this, and I'm going to craft it in such a way that you feel the pressure of it, but you also feel the embrace of my love, and more importantly, God's love. Like, we must share truth and love as we keep one another accountable. And the last thing, like, never use accountability as a weapon. Like, we can easily find ourselves doing this. Like, seeing that, that, that somebody's living their life, and we're like, hey, you know what? This allows me the opportunity to prom self-promote, like, for me to become a little bit better. Like, I am going to call, oh, man, this is going to be awesome. I'm going to call her out in small group. I'm going to call him out in small group. I'm going to put him on blast because I'm keeping them accountable. I'm the watchman. I'm blasting the horn, and I'm going to do it so that everybody goes, wow, look at 
Look at Ryan, man. He's really holding one another accountable while somebody else is dying on the inside because they go, why didn't we have that conversation one-on-one before you decided to share that with everyone else? Like, never use accountability as a weapon for yourself to grow, so for yourself to look higher or better or more spiritually mature than you really are. So we have accountability. As we hold one another accountable for the things that we do, for the things that we say, like we need to live in community and do this. And so some of you, like you need to hold yourself accountable. Some of you need to reach out to friends and say, hey, will you help me be accountable in this? And then there's other people that God has placed in your life as a watchman that you may not have necessarily identified as a watchman, but they're giving you good advice and they're telling you to watch out on a regular basis. Like accountability is layered. Like it starts inside and then it works outside to the, to the people that are closest to us. And like this is something that we need in our life because we all need to hear truth both when we want it and both when we do not. Like we need to be warned of what's happening, what's coming for us. And so one of the greatest places that we can seek accountability, that we can go and we can give accountability to one another is through small groups. Like it helps us develop this trait. It helps us develop this discipline, this biblical demand of keeping one another accountable, of warning one another. And the way that you do it is you let people into your life. You let them examine your life and you say, hey, as you're examining my life, I want you to help be a watchman over my life and I will do the same for you. When I see something in your life, I am not going to call you out and put you on blast, but I'm going to say, hey, we need to talk. Like ways to he- keep one another accountable, like, like ladies, I know that there's a lot of drama in, in your life, in the life of a female high school student. Like what you need to do is you need to walk up to that person and say, hey, I love you too much to allow you to continue to destroy the relationships that you've built, the relationships that you may have one day with people, and just your overall personality, like your character is being chipped away and nicked away at because you love to see drama and you love to to move that drama forward. You love to be the whistleblower on everything, and that is not acceptable. Like, that's where we're at. Like, guys, you need people in your life that's going to say, hey, what are you looking at at night? Like, what are you viewing like, what movies are you watching? What internet, what, what, what websites are you going to? Hey, what Instagram pages are you following? And then you can go, I got to be honest, here's where it is. Like, we all need accountability in our lives. And I really think it stems from the community in which we have. And it, the reason it stems is as we encourage one another, like we learned about last week, we grow in relationship, our bonds grow, we understand where struggles really are, and we're able to call one another out and walk beside each other as we navigate through those problems. Accountability is huge. It starts in here, but it doesn't finish in here. It finishes out there, outside of these walls. Because we all have friends who don't, who don't have a relationship with Jesus, that maybe don't even believe that God exists, that believe the lies that the world is telling us. And God's word tells us we need to call them out. We need to tell them of the danger that is rapidly approaching. And so maybe what that looks like for you is to to come beside somebody and say, hey, you know what? I love you. And it's all in how you present it. 
Like some of you in this room, I know really, really, really well. And then there's others in this room, I'm sorry, I don't even know your name. But I truly believe no matter if you're coming to me or I'm coming to you and we say to one another, hey, I just care too much about you and your future. I love you, and this may not be easy for you to hear. This may not, this is not easy for me to say, but I want what's best for you. I see danger in your life, and I want to warn you of that. And know that it's not because I'm trying to drastically alter your life to make it less fun or less engaging or to not have as many friends, but you need to know that this is not right. And I love you too much to allow this opportunity to pass by and to let the danger come and consume your life. So that's one, those are some of the ways we need to keep one another accountable. And so verse 10 through 16, this is the response to accountability. Like when someone steps up and they keep you accountable, this is the response. And you, son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus have you said, surely our transgressions our transgressions and our sins are upon us, and we rot away because of them. How then can we live? Say to them, as I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn back and turn from your evil ways, for why will you die, O house of Israel? It, like, as people, as you're calling them out, say, hey, like, there's a solution. It's to not, to, it, it, it's to not continue to live in this way. Like, you can turn. You don't have to say, well, I made this decision, so I just, I'm just i going to continue to walk in it. Like, no, 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 you can turn. Like, you, if someone's holding you accountable and saying, hey, what are you looking at? Why are you dating that person? Why, you know, and you really begin to look at it, here's the, here's the options for you. It's not, I guess I just have to wait for them to break up with me, or we're just going to continue to date forever, or I'm just going to continue to stare at this screen until my, my battery dies, or I'm going to continue to, to, to propel the drama forward. No, what you can say, what you can do is, hey, I am going to seek accountability. I'm going to do that which is hard so that I can do that which I want to do. And so I'm no longer going to make sure that the computer is in my room. I'm going to disable everything that I need to to ensure that accountability is, in fact, coming to fruition. Somebody called me out. I'm going to do something about that. Why will you die? Why would you continue to choose to just continue to live in that lifestyle? If someone's calling you out and you look back and you go, this isn't the guy or this isn't the girl that I really should be dating, why are you still in that relationship? Like, why are you continuing to push the drama forward? Like, why are you continuing to be dishonest with your parents? Like, why are you continuing to, to, to lie and manipulate when you know that you can turn from that. Like if someone's calling you out, you see it, you go, yep, it's there. Why would you choose to continue to live in that lifestyle when you know there's somebody holding you accountable? Like this is what we all need to do. And he goes on and he, he talks about just because your righteous deeds in the past, it doesn't save you in the future. Like just the what you've done in the past does not guarantee your future. You could be living a life where you are doing good works, where you're following Jesus, but if you start to drift and you start to follow and, 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 and live in a sinful way where people are calling you out, but you just say, hey, I've done things in the past. I'm good with Jesus. I made a decision years ago, but now I'm just going to do it however I want to. Like, no, that does, that your past does not guarantee your future. When you understand who Jesus is, when you see who Jesus is, and you receive the free gift of salvation, there is something that is so overcoming. You go, I could not live how I used to live. I cannot actively pursue sinful lifestyles. 
We will continue to stumble through life, and sin will overcome us, but it will not overcome Jesus. But what you need to do is you can't be living a life where you say, hey, I made that decision. Now I'm going to just do whatever I want. My righteous past does not guarantee that I will be good in the end. Like when we make a decision to follow Jesus, it's like, hey, I'm following him, and I'm not going to actively pursue sin. And then there's the other side of it. Those who we see, those who I've seen in my family and in my friend groups, and I'm sure a lot of you know in here where we go, they're a lost cause. There's no hope for them whatsoever. What, what, what Ezekiel is, is, is saying here is, no, 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 there is no lost cause. The, the evil and the wicked, they can't turn, so hold them accountable. Call them out because they may see something that they didn't see before. That you're calling them out may, in fact, help them go, oh, my goodness, I never saw that before. I never realized it. And they, in fact, turn from their evil ways. Verse 16, he wraps up with this. None of the sins that he has committed, that who is wicked, none of the sins that he has committed shall be remembered against him. He has done what is, right, what is just and right, and he shall surely live. When we hold one another accountable, like we give people the opportunity to see potential danger, to hear of potential danger that they, in fact, may not see, but to turn to repent. That's what that literally means, to turn, to change your mind. It's a word that I remember hearing all throughout my life, 31 years old, and it wasn't until the last year that I really, truly understand that repent is not some incredibly difficult thing to understand or to take in. Repent literally means I'm going to turn and I'm going to change my mind. I I'm, I'm dating him, and I'm no longer dating him. I'm dating her, and I'm no longer dating her. I'm no longer actively lying to my parents. Like, I'm going to turn. I'm going to change my mind. Like, and that's what, that's, that's what God is calling us to do, is to warn people of the danger that exists in this world that is on the horizon that they cannot yet see. But we see it, and we go, oh, my goodness, I love you too much to allow you to not hear this. Like, you've got to hear this. I love you too much. It's your decision, but I really love you so much that I just want to tell you this. And that's what, it, that's what, it, that's, that's, that's what this is about. And it's all, it's all pointing to Jesus. Like, all of it, like, all of this, all of this is pointing to Jesus. And what it's saying is, hey, no, 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 we call out one another. We keep one another accountable and help them remember, and it helps remind us that at any point, all can find forgiveness through repentance. Like repent, turn, change your mind. Say, you know what? I'm going to follow Jesus now. Like they helped me see something that I was not seeing, or they helped me something see something that removed the veil from my eyes and now see the, the danger that exists. So, so seek forgiveness through repentance and like turn to Jesus. Like that's what we need to do. We need to hold one another accountable as we are pursuing Jesus. So that's, guys, that's, that's why small groups are so important. Like that's why we set a high bar for what small groups are. That's why we say, if you're going to miss three in the whole year, don't sign up. Because we need to do life together. We need to hold one another accountable. That's when you come on a Sunday morning and you see your friends not here. That's why you call them up and say, hey, where were you? Like, why weren't you there this morning? 
And it gives you an opportunity to hold them accountable. Maybe they're sick and you go, man, I, thanks for letting me. How can I pray for you? Like, can I bring you some chicken soup or like some NyQuil? Or what, like, what can I do for you? But maybe they go, man, I was just tired. I slept in. Maybe that's an opportunity. So what would you do last night? To call them out and hold them accountable. Hey, I love you too much to allow you to live in this way. Like, I love you too much to allow you to just like choosingly not be a part of this community. That's the importance of it. Like that's, why, that's, why, that's why small groups and Sunday morning are so important. That's why for small groups, we created a, a pretty, pretty rigid guideline that we say you need to be a part of this. Like you need to willingly choose to be part of this. This isn't something you just come in and you hang out for a couple weeks and then you leave for a couple weeks and then you come back. Like, no, no, no. It's a commitment that you make not just to yourself but to one another. And then you hold each other accountable in that. Like, hey, man, like, are you going to be a part of this or not? Because like, we're trying to grow. And if it's not, that's fine. But this is not for you. Like, I hope everyone in here would say, hey, I need a little bit more accountability in my life. Like, I need a little bit more structure. I need more focus on Jesus and growing as a community that's focusing on growing in Jesus. And so I am going to be a part of this. Like, it's my hope that everyone in here seriously considers this. For some of you, it's, it's, it's calling your friends to accountability to be a part of a small group. Hey, you need that in your life. Come sign up with me. And then it's you saying every week, come on. Like, no, you committed to this, you committed to me, you committed to these other people, you committed to those leaders, you committed to Jesus, so let's get better together. Like, let's get better together through accountability. And so, it's my invitation for each and every one of you to really consider being a part of a small group. It's my challenge to you, if your friend was in it last year and kind of drifted, out of it, they were there at the beginning of the year, but not the end of the year, hold them accountable this year. Hold them accountable. Say, no, I want you to be a part of this. You need to be a part of this. It's going to be good for you as you grow in your relationship with Jesus, and you need to do it. Like, call them to that. Maybe your friend last year, they, they chose not to for a sport or for something, and like this year, you go, no, 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 hey, I'm looking at the choices that you're making in your life, and you need to be a part of this and not that. Like, we need to be accountable for our actions, and we need others to hold us accountable. And it happens, in, not, not solely in small groups, but it's a great place for it to really, truly exist. And that's the last thing. When you see danger, when you see danger, warn people of it. Be the watchman in other, other people's lives, trusting that they're the watchman in yours. That's the best part of accountability. It's not just, I've got your back. It's, I've got your back, and you've got my back, because I've got your back, because you got my back and we do that and we grow and we become better together following what Jesus has called us to do following and responding to God's word so let's commit to keep one another accountable as we truly become better together let's pray God I thank you Father, I pray that you would just continue to lay it on our hearts, that you would help us to see the dangers that exist. Father, first in our lives so that, we can, so that we can hold ourselves accountable, so that, Father, when you give us opportunities to hold others accountable, they see that we are, in fact, pursuing you and that it's out of love and it's just a response to the love that you've given us. 
Father, I pray that we would seek you, that as we look out, as we look out from our, from our watchtowers, Father, looking for danger, we also see you moving and acting in our lives, that we hold one another accountable to pursuing you, that we say, hey, hey, God is here, he is active, he is real, he is alive, and he loves us, and so let's be accountable in pursuing him, not just being warned of the dangers. Father, that we would become a group of people that pour out love, that pour out accountability, that pour out encouragement, that we are there for one another. Father, knowing that you have loved us, knowing that we can always turn, that we can always encourage our friends to turn back to you, to pursue you, and that we can do that together. God, thank you for community. Thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. Father, help us to see that which you want us to see. Father, thank you. It's in your name we pray.